0: All right, so what I'm, what I'm curious is if you each get a different guess or do you have to agree on
1: what your guess is oh, going I, to be? I don't, think, I don't think we're very agreeable people, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could guess the same, the same thing. You could guess the we same fight thing. fight it out. Well, I say we each get our own guess.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, so let's jump into it then. Um, I'm going to give you five clues, okay. and you have to guess what the plant is. All right. It is an herbaceous forb. It is in the plantain family.
1: Plantain family?
0: Plantagen- <laughs> plantagenaceae, which includes chelone and Verona Castrum. Okay. All right, so that's two clues. It gets three to five foot tall, although it's mainly green basil rosettes, with a flower stalk.
1: Oh, I think I know it. All
0: right. Um, it is a facultative wetland plant, but facultative west in the
1: Great Plains region. Friend, you give us these wetland indicators clues all the time, and I, I know. don't know my. <laughs> wetland know because I know. I love it because then I
0: don't waste like I'm. I'm yeah. I gotta make it hard. Yeah. Like if I if. If I go further into the list, you're just going to be like, oh, I know what it is. All right. One more clue. All right. Let's one more go. clue. Uh, it is – its native range is Pennsylvania to Georgia, west to Texas, and north to South Dakota. All right. All right. So we, let me just mark off here which which clues I gave you so I don't – all right.
1: Yeah. So when you said the three to five feet tall but most of it was basal foliage, yeah. that kind of sprung out as that two, can, maybe three that, yeah. things. Yeah. And it was, first one I thought it was Penciman digitalis. Okay. And then Lobelia cardinalis. And Lobelia syphilitica kind of do that too. But which one of those is in the plantain family? I don't know that off the top of my head. Maybe you should. But Kelly, do you have a guess? Oh
2: Well, um, I was going to guess that it was ironweed.
1: All right. So Vernonia, Nova Borosensis. I'm going to go with Penciman digitalis because that was my gut feeling, but Absolutely. I have a lot more practice than you. All right. Yes, yes, yes.
0: See, I haven't had to do this and I have a feeling I'd be horrible <laughs> if I had to guess. All right. So Kelly, your guess is New York Ironweed.
2: Well, I suppose I'll stick with it. You can change. <laughs> I haven't hit. I haven't hit. You sticking with it? I guess so.
0: Ah, uh, technical I didn't turn failures all <laughs> around. All right. Let's try this again. Ready? <laughs> all right. Tom, <laughs> your I'll, guess yeah, is? I'm going with
1: Pensum and Digitalis.
2: Aww. ah you got it right you that one, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening
0: to a native plant every day with Tom and Fran all right welcome back to a native plant every day I'm Fran and I'm Tom and we have a very special guest with us today yes we do Kelly Gill from the Cersei Society
2: hi everybody Thanks <laughs> welcome, for having back. Me. welcome
0: back welcome um, back and today's plant is Penstemon digitalis, which is foxglove beard tongue. You can turn your sheets over now and and take a look at oh, – no, dirt, no, no, dirt. dirt, dirt. Yes, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, um, you know, and I did mention, I think the fa- the clue that gave it away for you, Tom, was that three to five foot tall, although it's mainly green basal rosettes with a flower stalk. And, you know, it's winter right now here where we're at in New Jersey, and the basal foliage persists through the winter. So it's something mm-hmm. that you could really – it is herbaceous, but going through a garden or a woods, you could probably pick that plant out now if you want it yeah, and as an identifying feature. You
1: really threw me off with the plantain thing because all of a sudden my, my first instinct was go to like the banana type thing, the yeah. fruit I guess. And then I was like, wait, plantain family. And then I was like, oh, yeah, there's other things that are Uh, called plantains around here. I was just uh, thinking weeds. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, a lot of them are weeds.
2: And when you said flower stock, I wasn't picturing the, you know, bell-shaped flowers in my head.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. So what do you want to know? I did a lot of research on this one. Do you have any questions?
1: I think the first thing I would ask is when does it bloom? I know it's it's an herbaceous flower, but when does it bloom? So
0: it's uh, late spring to early summer. Uh, that you'll you'll see the blooms and it's a white two-lipped tubular flower uh, so it's um, like one and a quarter inches long born in panicles um, atop a rec- rigid stem so it's like kind of like a snapdragon if you're familiar yep. with snapdragon dra- that's what the bloom would look like but when you think of a uh, foxglove beard tongue what's the first thing you think about
2: I think about early spring pollinators, in particular bumblebees that get all the way into that flower. <laughs> so when you walk by, you see a lot of little fuzzy bumblebee butts. Yeah, I was going to say, I,
1: I think of bee butts. And it's That's... totally
2: endearing. <laughs> it's totally cool. I,
0: I always think of one year on the back of our catalog, we had a bee butt sticking out of a penstemon digitalis, and it, we... We had to comment, we like B-butts and we cannot lie. (laughs) And it's not too very many people noticed it. Like I'd say out of 10,000 catalogs, maybe 10 people at least mentioned it to us that they they noticed it and laughed. But I don't know. I love that joke. Yeah. No, it was
1: was an iconic uh, back cover for us for sure. And we still get comments every once in a while. People saying, oh, yeah, I remember when you did that. Yes. And we laughed about in the office quite a bit.
0: Totally. Um, But the – the flowers are followed by small capsules that kind of turn reddish in the late summer and then dry brown in fall and kind of hold up through the winter. Uh, so it's it's very
1: noticeable even after it's done blooming with those stalks mm-hmm. and,
0: and those capsules. So
1: Yeah, and that's where we have it on our seed production field, and that's where when you said three to five feet tall with most of the foliage, that's one of the complaints we have about growing it is because it's, gets really tall and then it starts to flop over it's really hard to maintain it through the year so we could go and harvest the seed later yeah. on um, so One of the things that I found while researching uh,
0: you know because we know these plants but you mm-hmm. find out really how much you don't know as soon as you start researching it one of the the things that I was surprised to learn was that um, it may be able to handle mild salt spray as it's found coastally and on barrier islands so that's really you know if it's going to persist there naturally you figure. It can – it more than likely can take those conditions, but it's not something I really, like, tout as as salt tolerant mm-hmm. or, like, when people are looking for recommendations in that area. It's not typically something I think about.
1: Yeah, not something I would have expected either, um, but, wh- like, I guess where else do you see this growing because I know other things that are salt tolerant. You see growing on roadsides quite often because they can tolerate that that road salt. Yeah, um, you is know, that something it's, where this would work as well?
0: Totally, you know. And thanks to our friends at Jersey Friendly Yards, I, I looked at some oh, of that yes. information, which uh, there's a great website. So it does tolerate roadside conditions, um, and you know, if you're thinking about using it in your in your garden or in your bed, you know, some of the uses are beds, borders, uh, makes a great border, meadows, naturalized areas of yards. So, and then if you have some area where you know it's going to get road salt, it'd be a great. Great addition to that. Now, I don't know how much salt tolerance it could take. Like, it's going to take spray. I don't know if you want to go dumping road salt, but it, it does persist persist mm-hmm. along the roadsides. Yeah.
2: yeah, I see it growing uh, in Pennsylvania along the Turnpike. They must have done wildflower plantings, and it seems yeah. to persist there. I haven't seen it in coastal situations.
0: Mm-hmm. No, no, but so, it's now I'm going to be looking for Yeah, it. it totally, yeah. totally.
1: Yeah. Um, say, how, what's the life cycle look like? I always f- assumed it was fairly short-lived just from my experience with it. It's but, uh, yeah it's only 3 to 5 years
0: you know and it's one of those things that i think and this is my experience with lobelia as well is that it's not very long-lived but it kind of recedes itself so you'll keep getting plants but it's not going to be that same plant you'll get a couple years out of it you let the seeds fall and you'll get you'll get some new plants out of it so um I thought you know, and I don't know if either of you have experience in this, and it's before I forget, it is a full sun plant. So mm-hmm. if you're planting it in your garden, it 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 definitely prefers full sun. But it, it is for facultative and facultative wet, which means facultative is thirty three to sixty six percent of the time mm-hmm. naturally it occurs in wetlands and then facultative wet is sixty six percent to ninety yeah, nine percent. Yeah. So it is very drought tolerant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also touted as deer-resistant. But anything mm-hmm. – yeah. I don't know if you have any – no? No? Uh,
2: well, that's, it's a hard thing to tell somebody because you know how our yeah. deer population <laughs> yeah, is yeah. here. I don't well, want to make any promises no, I can't keep. Well, here's
0: here's the funny thing, and it's a lot of this as you're researching, you get a lot of speculation. And so many of the plants that we've researched say, oh, they're deer-tolerant, and then, oh, it's browsed by deer. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's so contradictory. So I guess – depending on the situation maybe it's not the most desirable of plants it's not going to be the first but in some areas maybe if there's enough food source they're not getting browsed Mm -hmm. or if it's low deer pressure but and then in other
1: areas you know maybe if it's less of a selection yeah they're definitely going to eat it my favorite thing to always ask is how do and this might even be a question better question for kelly but how do wildlife use this plant
0: Rain, why don't you tell you, okay. me
1: about like All right. the regular wildlife and then we'll kick into to the pollinator No, expert.
0: No problem. So it, it does host many beneficial insects, uh, native flies and wasps um, that control aphids like this plant. Um, it's – let's see. It does attract dozens of different native bees, hummingbirds, long-tongued bees, moths, uh, especially the sphinx moth, and butterflies. So um, – there's a ton of pollinators and insects that love this plant, and it's pollinated by female bees. That's where it gets a little bit more specific. Female mm-hmm. bees will, will definitely pollinate this. Um, and it is a larval host for the dotted and Baltimore
1: checker spots. So if you're looking to attract those to your property, those are – One of the things that always throws me for a loop because I don't know my insects very well – uh, despite having an entomology class in, in college, which I did fairly okay at, but I, what is it, Kelly? What's a checker spot? Because I see that come up a lot, and like skippers, I've kind of glancingly know what those are. What are those kind of insects?
2: So they're they're groups of butterflies, mm. and the Baltimore checker spot has a very um, clear kind of checkered um, tan and orange pattern on its wings. Mm-hmm. Um, So it looks very clearly like a checker spot butterfly. Um, Similar butterflies have similar patterns. They may be a different species. When we talk about skippers, we have tons of different skippers. And what's unique about some of our skippers, especially one group called the grassland skippers, is Mm -hmm. that they use grasses as their host
0: plant. Mm -hmm. Oh,
2: okay. So when we're thinking about, you know, these um, habitats or gardens that we're building, you know, people tend to gravitate towards flowers. That's what they know. They're beautiful. They want to see them, but including those grasses in there too is, is important as well. Um,
0: awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it's, uh, I'm just looking at time. So I want to keep us, you know, close to that mm-hmm. mark. So um, important fact is it's, it's non-toxic to humans or pets, uh, but it does contain selenium, which should not be consumed in large quantities. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the Rosettes are something you would put in a salad <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or not, but you don't want to eat a whole salad mm-hmm. um and it's it does have a taproot with short rhizomes. Mm-hmm. This is another one you know it's funny, like when you're researching this and you're trying to find out some said short rhizomes, some said taproot mm-hmm. it's a little some it's a little contradictory uh yeah. of sorts, but um. Taproot it with short rhizomes and can produce new plants around the base. So you'll get new florets, uh, basal foliage mm-hmm. popping up around it or, or seeding itself in. Um, and if you can't find straight Penstemon digitalis, one of the more popular uh, garden cultivars is Hoosker red, which has been around for since the 90s at least, yes, if not longer. Um, and that has red foliage. And that was it, – it's important to say when we talk about cultivars, um, that one originated from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got a very, you know, you're getting and, in the friend, Nebraska. What was I- the name T- of that
1: cultivar again? Husker, Husker's Red. <laughs> are you, are you confident in that pronunciation? Huskers? I, Huskers? Oh, Huskers? No, I'm, I'm just. Husker's Red? Yeah, when, I don't know. I, you know, it's, and it's one of those things, I'm not trying to make fun of you, but I am a little bit. Um, no, it's just something when I always read, I'm like, oh yeah, it's Husker's Red. And then when you said Hoosiers I'm like, oh, maybe it's someone's name. And i am thinking this wrong the whole time. Maybe. Until you said Nebraska, and I'm like, oh, it's the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Cornhuskers. <laughs> the, so it's Huskers, and their, right? Their color is well, red. Well, they, okay, maybe may, maybe I am right. Maybe but, I'm uh, just trying to throw you off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then if if you are planting it in your garden, it is susceptible to foliar nematodes that eat the leaves, uh, rust, leaf mold, powdery mildew. So, again, like I always think powdery mildew, if, if you're putting it, where it's too wet, or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it's, like it could take conditions, but you're really stretching it. When you stretch it, that's when you have some of these issues. Yep. Yeah. All right, cool. Quiz time. Are you ready? Yes. I'm going to give you five facts, one of which is false. So I'm going to give you these facts. I've actually did my job and and researched a false one in advance instead of trying to make something up on the fly to make it more <laughs> believable. Okay. Um. So I'm going to. Let me see here. Okay. All right. Let me try this. All right. Ready. In the, in the U.S. Southwest, penstemon has been used as a poultice for skin wounds, insect bites,
1: and rashes. All right. I don't know what a poultice is, so. I, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. Um,
0: the genus name comes from the Greek word penta, meaning five. All right. Penstemon digitalis is the state flower of South Carolina.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, stamen or steamen, uh meaning stamen in reference to each flower having five stamens. Four are fertile and one is sterile. And Penstemon digitalis symbolizes courage and spiritual knowledge in the world of plants.
1: I – so I was gonna go with the whole penta thing because yeah. I'm like, oh, it's it doesn't say penta, it says pen, yeah. yeah. And then, but then he came in with the the stamen the part. Five stamens, I'm yeah. I'm like, okay, that ties together, and that typically means that those two are gonna be right. All right. Um, I kind of want to say that it, I I don't see how it has anything to do with courage. All right. That's, okay. So that Kelly, is. your you guess? Have any, any Kelly? Guesses? What is
0: your guess?
2: Um. Well. Don't know what South Carolina's state flower is.
0: All
1: right, um, and that would be a really cheap one. You, you expect us to know all our state flowers for across the country.
0: Come on, you it guessed seems- Mount Laurel because you knew it was the state flower of, of Pennsylvania.
2: Seems like it would be an obscure one for a state flower. But I'm really not
0: sure. Well, um, you have to pick one. One of them is not true. One of these things are not like the other.
1: One of I, we have a good chance of being right. If, I'm, if yeah. I'm gonna. I'll go
2: with that since yeah. Tom picked okay. the other one. Um, that that I'm on of to the you know, the right. Courage
0: part.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I'll go with the all
0: this right. So part. Tom, your guess of the false one is that Pensiman Digital symbolizes courage and spiritual knowledge. Oh. That is correct. That's actually true. Yeah. yeah, it does. But, you know, that's subjective. Yeah. I always throw that in there because you, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to fight it, yeah. but they say it is. So it is. And Kelly uh, does not believe that the state flower or Pensamon Digitalis is the state flower of South Carolina.
1: Right. You're correct. The yeah. state
0: flower of South Carolina is actually yellow jessamine. Oh. Which and I is do. that a native flower? I don't know.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't even know the plant. <laughs> if it is, we'll be covering it at some point on a native plant every day. Um, and if you're looking at adding this plant to your, your garden um, and in place of an exotic or uh, an invasive, it would be a good sub for the non-native foxglove, mm-hmm. which is also poisonous to pets. So this one is non-toxic. It would give you a, a similar look, not exactly, but it would be a good sub Uh, serve a very Mm -hmm. similar purpose and you'd be supporting tons of pollinators um in its place so the big question as always we always end with would you put this plant in your yard
1: yeah i'll go i have it in my yard and i love it in my yard um it gives that early season bloom which is can be very difficult to find in native plants because in our area our neck of the woods Stuff isn't blooming, at least until we learned on Native Plants Healthy Planet last week that there are things that are blooming way up in the trees, but you don't have a lot of of perennial flowers that are blooming at that time. So that's one of the reasons I had it. It extends the the life of my garden a little bit earlier in the spring.
0: How about you, Kelly?
2: I have it in my garden as well. I think it's a really kind of whimsical-looking flower um, compared to some of our other natives that have a lot of spread or even form colonies this behaves really well in in a small garden situation. So definitely a garden winner. I
0: I I don't have it in my garden, but I definitely would. And I think it's saying that it's three to five foot tall is very misleading. Misleading. Because it really is small foliage yeah. and mm-hmm. that's flower stock. That yeah. height is flower stalk. But they're very like you said, like whimsical in the wind. Like mm-hmm. you get like nice wind movement and you you get a lot of nice pollinators and it's it's a fun plant for me to add in. Mm-hmm. So i will definitely yeah. put it in my yard. So that's I don't have we agreed like on our yard for Yeah, we've agreed. We've before. agreed, but for three of us yeah. to agree, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, so what a great way to start off the week. That's episode uh, number 1 for the week with Kelly and Kelly's joining us yeah. all week long. This so it's Kelly week. Kelly week. So <laughs> tune in tomorrow and we'll have another plant for you. Until then, keep it native. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran.